This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hey guys, welcome to Sculpted, a design podcast where we have some leading designers around the world coming together to unveil design layer by layer. I'm your host Sidan and I'm here to do some deep digging into design thinking with some super cool speakers. The topic of today's episode is one of my favorite and I'm really excited for this one. I have always been a tech head and curious about technology in general. I have even started a tech-based YouTube channel recently. We all know that technology has been a crucial part of our lives on day-to-day basis, especially smartphones. We spend a minimum of 2 hours on smartphones daily. So today we are going to explore and talk about the UI UX of smartphones. And to join me in this conversation, we have a very special guest. a UX strategy expert Ujwal Verma he has more than 8 years of experience in this industry and now he is the head of design at OnePlus welcome to sculpted ujwal and thank you so much for joining us today i'm really excited for this conversation hey thank you very much sidan thank you for the intro so ujwal just to i start uh, with this question with all of my uh, guests is that how has been your journey from you know from your masters to now being the head of design at OnePlus right i think it's quite interesting is what i feel uh, because i do not typically come from a uh, design school before my masters so while from a very oh. engage yeah while from a very engage at uh, you know i was towards the creative side of things but mm-hmm. um, around the time of my graduation i was an engineer like all things in india you have to be an engineer right so <laughs> that's <I> true <laughs> yes yeah, so, uh, i was an electronics and communication engineer but okay. uh, Uh, I also had this uh, keen interest in motorcycles all my life. I still do. Amazing. I still go on long, lo- long drives on my motorcycle and stuff. So um, around my second year of engineering and stuff is where one of my friend has said, "Hey, Harley Davidson is coming to India. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a session uh, that you know." One of my friends says, "So since you have an interest in motorcycles, do you want to go uh, to this?" I don't know. I, I didn't even know what that was. So it okay. happened to be a fo- focus group uh, back in two thousand six, I believe, and then they oh, were trying okay. to get into get get into the Indian market and uh, testing out apparel. Uh, that's what Harley does in the beginning. So that's where I I was the first time I was even exposed to something like a focus group. So I had right. I I bugged the host in checking what this was. Why are you asking users questions and why are you even interested <laughs> in us? So yeah, and then I then kind of a lot of research later. I landed in Edinburgh, where mm-hmm. th- th- that is where I did my masters in uh, HCI uh, and usability. So that's how I landed in UX. Ah, uh, okay. So you you literally didn't plan for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you ever thought that uh, maybe in future you're gonna land in maybe in computer or mobile technology world or uh how was it i mean as you said you were more into creative side but uh, ux is like a combination of data and design right get it get it uh, so maybe somewhere in that kind of fan intersection maybe a creative technologist is where i might have uh, arrived at but mm-hmm. i don't know it's a, it's a real life what if scenario right <laughs> <laughs> That, that's true <laughs> okay so um so what projects did you work on in these years of experience and if you could share some insights that change your perspective towards ux or designing right i think uh come to think of it it's i think it's probably around 11 years now ever since i've uh, started on uh, very at the very start of the career was a lot of mobile apps that's when google really mm-hmm. came out with their first phone you know the keyboard uh, and then the first android version of oh, it and yeah. there was uh, it was it was not prevalent like now so a mm-hmm. lot of focus was really on the mobile apps back then because that was the future right. uh, so very early on i had uh, worked on um, chennai super kings is one of the apps if there are any cricket fans out there Oh, uh, seriously! Yeah, yeah. Well, one <laughs> of the amazing. first few apps that that I worked on. Then a couple of other stuff like Doodly Do, Fabula, uh, on the content creation side, and uh, I think uh, mm-hmm. web portals for Gal Galadot University. 
Uh, and then later it was ATM interfaces for millennials uh, at the Diebold R&D center. Um, okay. Then uh, the last company before OnePlus would be Quantilla, where I'd worked on Verizon's enterprise UX and also smart city dashboards. Uh, this was together with Cisco. Uh, but this okay. was very interesting stuff, you know, where you could really track AQI. Like in Prague, where this dashboard is set up, you could see mm-hmm. as the visitors are coming in, the AQI level is increasing. And in real oh. time, you can you can track traffic between uh, in, in Newcastle, where you can see how the traffic is speaking uh, in real time with video analytics and such. So it was very interesting. Uh, and recently, I think when the COVID has hit us, and it was used also in Bengaluru in the command right. center to track uh, COVID cases. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. So then, how did you come to OnePlus then? Uh, so. With OnePlus, the enticing stuff really was the access to users. So if mm. if you look at the works that I had done previously was enterprise, a lot around B2B, um, you know, a lot around the future tech that is coming across, where mm-hmm. you have an existing repository of insights that you have that you can really utilize to, you know, define what the next set of UI or interactions could be. With OnePlus, right. it was the enticing part was really about access to users that we have. We are constantly in touch with our users, even today on Slack, where we A-B test with our users. Uh, The access to open beta and closed beta testers, where you can actually uh, design something, test it in real time, and put Mm -hmm. it onto market where millions of other users are going to use. Right. So so that's what pulled me to OnePlus, yes. I feel that is one of the game changers for uh, OnePlus because being a OnePlus user from past um, four years, I, I mean, um, I've seen many uh, enthusiasts rant about things and then I've seen OnePlus coming up with all those solutions, which is really great. <laughs> uh, so since you mentioned B2B, I wanted to come directly to this question is that how does UX change for B2B market and B2C? Like, uh, what are those, you know, uh, key factors that change between these? Right. So I think uh, with both of these, the kind of uh, uh, users change, but the underlying philosophy or the process uh, at times could still remain the same. For example, uh, right. uh, for a B2C customer, right, if you're going on to any website, let's say you're going on to Mintra or Amazon, you mm-hmm. are doing you you are an impulsive buyer you're gonna hey this is the trending thing i've seen someone on insta wear this hat so i'm gonna buy it right it's very impulsive in those decisions but right. uh, and then and then the web or the app is designed around this kind of behavior but uh, a b2b is entirely different now i have for example if i am given the uh, responsibility to buy a certain software or a certain uh, saas tool i I'm mm-hmm. going to make a decision for the entire org or the 20 member team uh, or the 10 member team, whatever number of team. So that responsibility comes down to you. You're making for the organization. So this user is different. Like the way you are designing the underlying philosophy of discovery all the way to deliverables could be the same mm-hmm. with the UX. But uh, understanding these behaviors is where the difference really comes. That's where you diverge in terms of designing for B2C in terms okay. of designing for B2B, that kind of brings you to different set of components, right? Uh, for example, right. uh, in a B2B, you, you're you're trying to buy something and you must have frequently seen someone appears as a chatbot trying to explain uh, you what, yes. if, if I want to explain. So they understand that there's a lot more explanation. They try to make that connection so that uh, that lead is generated there. But on the other side, if you're buying a hat, you see that most of the users have bought this. They have also yeah. bought this. So they are mm-hmm. they are getting you. In. So the <laughs> be- behaviors, <laughs> behaviors yeah. are what you de- design differently for, is what I feel. Yeah. yeah, I completely get that point that when it comes to B2C, you mostly, you know, try to go with the trend. Because since you said, you know, you see something on Instagram and then you try to buy that. Whereas B2B is more focused and uh, maybe I'm wrong, but just wanted to ask you, is it more on one-to-one basis or 
uh, is it more on the masses like B2C? Like I'm seeing that 500 people have bought this. I've seen their reviews. So reviews and uh, uh, ratings really matter in B2B as well. Uh, they do they do and then b2b these are called testimonials let's say or okay. <laughs> word, word of my mouth kind of gets you there uh, they are going to look at the credibility definitely of the tool especially mm-hmm. i think even more because the responsibility is definite and, and there's right. an internal yeah. process also right for example right. if i'm trying to buy an adobe tool uh, for the entire team so mm-hmm. there's an internal audit of what comparisons what skill set and how that fits into an existing system. For example, let's say, uh, let's take an example of uh, uh, Sketch, okay? And then let's think okay. of a scenario where all the designers only have Windows laptops. This is, mm-hmm. I think, let's say, twelve years ago. Now, Sketch wouldn't fit into that. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't fit into that ecosystem, right? Of the Windows right. users. Let's say Figma was present, and then the obvious choice would be what Figma. Because yes. it kind of fits in. So that decisions are not impulsive is what I'm trying to say. The behaviors are Got different. It. So since uh, you are from OnePlus and, you know, Android 12 is launching. So Correct. what's your opinion on Android 12? Do you think that it's well mature OS, which will have very subtle changes from now? Because I see very less of, you know, UI changes. But Android 12 was a total revamp. So do you feel that uh, this industry is very dynamic and it has to keep up with the trends or how is it? Um, I think more than dynamic, dynamic, I would call, uh, uh, we have to set the differentiators in the market. Uh, I mean, okay. we will have to think a little differently rather than following uh, the design trends. Uh, in terms of, let's say, Android 12, what it has mm-hmm. set, uh, uh, for now, I think it has set a direction that they want to pursue. Uh, I think their core principles, uh, uh, I think personal, being personal, uh, being safe for the users and effortless, which is which is a direct translation of burdenless of what we do in Office <laughs> yes. and OS. Uh, are few, I mean, these are few that resonate with our designs or features as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the direction they want to pursue, right? And then, right. yes, the, uh, the industry is dynamic in terms of uh, what I was trying to uh, make a point earlier. Let me rephrase that uh, right now is that, yes, the industry is very dynamic. You see the electronic market itself is very dynamic, right? So right now you are looking at different form factors. We're also mm-hmm. looking at smartphones, um, getting into different form factors, right? Uh Yes. So the key differentiator, and you also see that specs, um, you know, you, you have specs all the way from 48 megapixel cameras, uh, oh, gimbals in the phones, and true. the hard, hardware is huge. But uh, I, that's where the key t- differentiator uh, mm-hmm. within the smart, uh, smartphone industry would be uh, the experience. And I think you were also making a point where you were saying, uh, is it a really mature OS? Is, has it mm-hmm. been a well-mature OS? But I feel that, you know, uh, any OS <laughs> will ever evolve. It, it will constantly evolve basis what their users actually need. Right. Because uh, being an Android user from so long, when uh, uh, on the earlier times when Eclair or Gingerbread was there, we have seen so many changes in UI, right? I mean, uh, the whole user interface was totally changed with new uh, features or, you know, uh, new uh, design aspects, what you see as well, right? But now I see like, there are very subtle changes, but uh, makes a really big difference. So that's what I wanted to ask you is that... uh, do you feel that we will have such more prominent changes in future or will there be very subtle changes only? Um, I think the focus has somehow, I mean, the focus has shifted towards the experience of what more, experience, right. can, yeah, experience can be given to the users. I think mm-hmm. around the time of gingerbread, gingerbread it, was, it was dynamically evolving, I, I would say, at that point so where you mm-hmm. could see that there was huge differences between OS to OS, right? And right yes. now, we are coming to a point where uh, there's a framework that they're working on, 
but the underlying mm-hmm. experience is where the focus is really on now uh, what you'll also have to understand is android especially is too diverse mm-hmm. a market like it it is so diversified it has so many subsets of users now right. the uh, the os is at a point where too drastic a change uh, we'll also have to consider the learning curves of the users as well right so it's a path if you see uh, mm-hmm. maybe 10 uh, 10 os 10 to right about now and then the future you will see the path an upward i would call it an upward path in terms of experience and you'll mm-hmm. also see like how you were comparing with gingerbread and the next os this is kind of taking mm-hmm. couple more you know kind of to get there in oh, terms of change right. of ui right now they have done that for example in 12 the os uh personalizations with clocks personalizations with certain widgets that is yeah. also a hu- huge say, change i would say from the previous version mm-hmm. but o- overall it's the experience that has a bigger change and also bigger role to play that's that's yeah so absolutely bigger bigger role to play <laughs> yeah <laughs> if i may ask you what's your one favorite feature of android 12 hmm and at all i think they are heading towards the uh, notion of privacy right so mm, uh, and yeah. and they don't just say that they also say that it is um, open source and anyone can uh, come take a peek i mean not anyone but any <laughs> uh, compliance or security um, audit organizations can kind of have a, a peek right. and they they are keeping themselves in check Uh, in terms of mm-hmm. the the privacy space but it is also as vulnerable to be honest but yeah but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah okay so talking about uh, you know user experience uh, and i feel you know one of the crucial points of any operating system is that it shouldn't be laggy or hanging and i had this question in mind <laughs> from very mm-hmm. long and even many of our uh, uh, followers from design perspective did uh, you know uh, 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 send me dms about asking this question in this episode is that uh, why do android is a bit you know get sometime laggy or it freezes sometimes and on the other hand ios is very smooth so my perspective on uh on this point is that um the product range of for ios is very small right so they can easily tweak uh for about 7 to 8 uh, products with different you know uh screen sizes and configuration whereas on android there is such a versatile and big uh, uh specs and displays to serve it's i feel we we won't get such uh, experience will, will we uh i think i mean it's a very tough No, I think uh, okay. I think before before getting this, to this uh, uh, question as well. For example, twelve. Now they're coming a bit to the end of twelve L as well. Mm-hmm. So that is where they are heading towards addressing the different form factors, even foldables, uh, from an Android perspective. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they are trying to address all of these. They have set the direction now, and L is a version that will work on uh, all of these different. resolutions now okay. coming back to the question where you feel um the versions itself i mean the os itself kind of feels laggy oxygen os doesn't well, <laughs> <We I>, that, <laughs> that's true <laughs> so, uh, the, the thing is um, the thing is um, we we make sure we give users what they absolutely need fast and smooth has always been right. our uh, motto now motto, if, when you yeah. look at when you look at the actual android also i mean oxygen os is kind of rated higher but if you look mm-hmm. at the actual android also it doesn't it doesn't feel so but as you go to different consumers another another thing is android is also very open any consumer can take in um and add elements uh, with within certain constraints of course and that kind of right. adds that limitations so android itself as a framework is great right but but when mm-hmm. when different yeah. oems come in and then the kind of modifications they do um and then the kind of apps that are running so for example we often call we often kind of refer to bloatware right that kind of slows yes. slows life down a little and then right. you could have some process optimizations around it uh and for let's say for oxynos as well we do a lot of battery optimizations uh in the background a lot of optimizations can kind of keep starting check um which is on par with uh, 
the OS versions on Apple as well, right? But uh, when when yeah. you talk when you speak about Apple from a uh, strictly design perspective, is Apple mm-hmm. is very tied up with its own ecosystem of things. Like that's true. It is with both the hardware and software is in their control. A lot of mm-hmm. that control you would see is missing in the Android. Yeah. But right. Android on its own, Oxygen OS especially, I don't think it lags. <laughs> What are those key elements that make this user experience of Oxygen OS amazing? Is it because, uh, you know, I, I have always loved OnePlus is that uh, they don't focus on marketing gimmicks and they, you know, try to keep it very minimal, clean and fast. Is that the solution for, uh, is that the recipe for <laughs> best user experience? <laughs> I think, I think OnePlus in itself has set certain uh, principles when it comes to design. Our design principles also reflect the core values that the company itself has. So which are being efficient, reliable, uh, fast and smooth, burdenless as an experience. So these are our underlying philosophies whenever we are looking at design or any kind of products or features. So so there's a team, for example, uh, uh, when we we, uh, come up with a new feature, or a right. design, let's say even even for a wallpaper, there's a team okay. that kind of not a team. If the optimization battery consumption is a little higher than the benchmark that we have, it will not mm-hmm. pass. We'll not let that go through to the to our users. So that is a kind oh. of uh, that is a kind of uh, importance that we give to our to the fast and smooth experience with OxygenOS. So that is prevalent, not just with design, it is prevalent among all the teams that we're looking at. So each of the teams kind of keep that in check. So it is not just design, it's the overall experience that the rest of our teams also bring forward. Like our development teams, our system teams, uh, yeah, yeah. So when you mentioned like, you know, adding new features, so how as a brand OnePlus, you choose that, you know, we need to add this feature because I see other brands that they add so many features, which are actually not required, right? But then how in OnePlus do you guys choose that? Okay, in this version, we need to add this feature. Like what's the process behind that? Um, So one of it is definitely feedback from our users. This is Mm -hmm. highly, highly considered and also from our community. The other thing is also we try to evolve together with our users. Like what are they looking at? We try and understand those aspects also. Uh, And what what is troubling them? For example, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, a year or so ago we had worked on... uh, uh, SMS as an Indian demographic itself has a lot of uh, problems with promotional messages, transactional messages, yeah. and you don't yeah. actually get the SMS. So we had, uh, you know, kind of uh, bucketed Se- those. Yeah, segregate. Yeah, right. So, yeah, promotions and then uh, transactions and then the regular messages. And what we've gone one step ahead was archiving OTPs. Uh, so this is the, something that has come up from our team. So where uh, whenever you get OTPs, they hardly have five minutes. And at times, in very rare cases, you have about 30-minute validity for any given OTP. And once you've used it, it is of no use. It's just lying there in your inbox. So one of the things that we wanted to do was once that uh, limit is exceeded, the OTPs are auto-archived and there's an archive folder you can always go to if you want to check. And then these archived uh, OTPs are automatically deleted. So uh, that's the kind of thing that we uh, drew insight from, you know, this is something, for example, if I tell you this um, to any Indian user, for for that matter, we've also looked at other demographics and they've also said they have the same complaint. You have a lot of transactional or promotional message. Now, that's a very prevalent problem, right? We kind of look at the impact of the solution as well and then bring that forward onto the U.S., I mean, it's a very small change, but it helped a lot. (laughs) Even for me, I mean, it really declutters everything. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Ujwal, coming uh, back to uh, user experience, how important is it to focus on the accessibility section? So do do you feel that any operating system in this world is giving um, importance to accessibility uh, features? Uh, I think accessibility and experience should not be considered as separate. They should be treated 
uh, as one. Uh, it it has it's a, it's a, it's a common uh, you know it's always been perceived that you know it accommodates people with uh, you know special challenges or disabilities. Challenges, right? yeah, right. But but there's apps document data that you know these principles when extended can benefit everyone. Right. So then that comes to the point of uh, inclusivity and uh, which is a point where, you know, where it overlaps uh, accessibility as well. And it has, I've always said there are four basic tenets to it, which are perceptibility, operability, simplicity and forgiveness. I think um, a lot of sessions that I've done, I've also laid a lot of focus on to these four points. And if you are able to cover these within the OS, uh, it caters to a wide, wide, wide segment. Now, is the industry getting there? They are. They are definitely trying to because this is a subset of users or a huge set of users that they want to get to. But uh, it is too diverse, and they are uh, making their steps towards it. Absolutely. You mentioned those four pillars. You said, can you just? explain those four pillars to us <laughs> would be really yeah. helpful so uh, i was i was talking about four principles right four core tenants i would say which are yes. perceptibility the first one would be perceptibility uh, perceptibility is where everyone can clearly interpret and uh, understand the design you know regardless of sensory abilities so I, i've right. kind of broken that down into for example uh, sensory abilities uh, and physically abilities and uh, you know cognitive abilities and then the mm-hmm. last one would be, even if I may make a mistake, forgive me. Those are the four four uh-huh. tenets. So, so when I say sensory uh-huh. abilities, this is an example I keep saying: you're walking on your on, on the on the pavement, and you don't mm-hmm. even have. I mean, you will see that there are ridges at the edge of the pavement. You know that this is the edge of the pavement. So those are right. telling you, even if you are not able to, you know, you are visually challenged, you can still know that this is the edge of the pavement. That is once. Regardless of the sensory ability, I know mm. that is the border. So that's perceptibility. And simplicity is, for example, r- regardless of your focus. You know, uh, clear, for example, exit sign clearly says this is the direction that you want to go out. And you would have seen a lot of memes where, you know, exit will have both directions, left or right. <laughs> you never yeah. know which way to go. So simplicity in your communication, right? And regardless of your focus level. Now, when I say focus levels, uh, someone can analyze that better. Say that, for example, uh, text says exit in red. The arrow says red uh, is also in red color. So this is exit. So that is someone analyzing. But let's say in an emergency, I you shouldn't be focusing on focus levels. I look at it, exit this way, I, I get out of it, right? So that's simplicity is one of the principle, right? And then, and then forgiveness. I've made a mistake. Just give me an option to undo it. Right? I, actually, you should minimize the uh, <laughs> occurrence of errors with design. But if it does happen, and Gmail does, yeah. is a great example, which is which has come out because they had a technical challenge. So once you send. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can undo it, right? You can undo sent email, right? So that it came out yes. of a technical challenge. But yeah, that's that's forgiveness for you. And uh, operability is regardless of your physical abilities. Um, uh, for example, if you have a door handle, you are able to u- use your elbow to open the door and get in. <sighs> yeah, You won't be able to do it with a door knob. Right. The, the same goes with going into a metro station, mm-hmm. and then, regardless of if you're standing or sitting, you're able to get in. Right, you have the card. Yes, uh, you're able to access the card and get in. So, yeah, I would I say mean, those are the core tenets if you're able to address. So I know when we discuss all of these, we kind of uh, restrict ourselves to the smartphone real estate, but experiences. Mm-hmm above and beyond that right right that's true yeah i'm 100 percent sure that this and this uh, explanation will help so much to our audiences to uh, you know actually create uh, amazing and inclusive uh, user experiences and coming to our next question we all know that phones are addictive that's a fact and as designers you, we know that 
uh, we also designed such an interface that people spend more time, whether it's TikTok, that the, uh, the touches and the swipes are reduced. So uh, how much importance or what's that thin line that brands need to make, you know, to give importance to the well-being and addictiveness also? Um, I think everyone else is also pushing towards it in terms of mm-hmm. uh, digital well-being uh, as a notion. But uh, yeah. it's also, it also comes down to users <laughs> in of terms course. of... <laughs> trying to limit themselves in terms of the usage. Uh, but one of those efforts was from our uh, teams by, by the one lab team was where you Zen had mode. this. Yeah, Zen mode was one. Zen mode was one mm-hmm. before it okay. where you can completely lock. But what we were trying to also do was tell the users that, hey, this is your usage. You know, there's a, I mean, you, you uh, imagine that you don't have screen time. Imagine that, uh, you never mm. have these monitor checks, right? Put yourself in right. that place. And now you do not know how much time you spent per day on your device, on a, on a specific app, right? So our idea really was to kind of tell the users, hey, this is your usage, but how do we say it? So we have our <laughs> AOD, AOD on the Oxygen OS, right? So there's, yes. there's this thin line, thin vertical line, Yes. on the AOD unlock. So uh, this was in collaboration with Parsons Schools of Design. Uh, oh, okay. Which have, yeah. And then, so every time you unlock, there's a ridge in the vertical line. Yes. So it, it the line depicts day to night and on the AOD, it shows how many unlocks you've done. And from on yeah. the top to right, it kind of, you know, uh, breaks that if you open it for two, if you open your phone and if you've been using for an hour, you will see a bigger gap in that line. So that visually mm-hmm. explains that, Hey, you've been using your phone a lot, right? So that's that, those are the kind of key things that we are bringing forward and wallpapers as well. Wallpaper was one of the things that the one lab team has brought forward okay. as well, where the wallpaper kind of, it could be flowers. It could be uh, rings in the cyberpunk way. Or uh, it's also gradients. So each of these colors, ah, right? Uh, will an- so once you launch it, it analyzes what you have on your phone and what are the categories of your phone. And as you use it, uh, the wallpaper is dynamic. The flower will grow. If it's a red flower, it will grow. And it says games <laughs> is the biggest category <laughs> that you are. So these are the kind of things that we've introduced onto onto right. our. Uh, just to kind of tell users that hey this is the kind of usage so this is informational right now because mm-hmm. there's a thin line between you interfering in what users are actually doing right? that's that's correct. so yeah. so our responsibility is basically to kind of say hey this is your usage at this moment and obviously mm-hmm. the user has bought it and he knows he or she knows you know what is yeah. happening with it and stuff. Our uh, main goal was at this point to kind of uh, show that information. Let's see how we can move move things forward in the next phases. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been using uh, the AOD always on display of that um, well-being ones, and which is really helpful because you don't have to go, uh, you know, unlock your phone and then see how much time you have spent while just, you know, lifting your phone, you can just have a glimpse of it, which is just yeah. amazing. So I was curious that since, you know, uh, as a phone manufacturer, when you are providing such information to your users, how does other uh, application developers respond to this? Are they, you know, completely okay with it that you are showing, okay, you are addictive to games because you see now this big bubble of, uh, or, or screen time of for the specific okay. game. So is, I mean, is there anything clashes between uh, these uh, decisions? Uh, right now, at least we're not saying you are using this specific app first. I mean, we, I mean, screen time if they go and ah, uh-huh, not uh, yeah, they do. But uh, individual apps as well are trying to kind of address this in their own ways. But mm-hmm. our focus has at, le- at least been our users, and that's why uh, that kind of uh, thought process is not was encouraged at our level, but. Mm-hmm. It, our users are the most important uh, asset for us. And once we give that experience to them, uh, it's, it's, it's a cycle that they're going to come back and use the same 
phone because that's what we've delivered for them. For an OEM, that's what we would say. But individual apps, uh, yeah, a lot of, I think they are facing that from all angles. All of the OSs are kind of doing that, right? Yes. Uh, for example, Apple kind of hit kind of blocks as well, but you can kind of use the passcode and get in with parental controls. Yeah, there's an easy way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it is there. I mean, uh, bigger picture, right? Bigger picture. Yeah. So usual coming to a session where we ask uh, career-based questions because many of our audiences, you know, are uh, budding designers just starting their journey. So if someone wants to get into UX designing, specifically, um, you know, mobile operating systems or Android, so how can they proceed to it? Like what steps do they need to take, you know, to land a job in OnePlus or in Android, Google, if you could just help us out. Right. Uh, one of the one, one of the reasons why I always make sure uh, when someone asks me about my journey, I mm-hmm. make sure I tell them that I come from an engineering background and then <laughs> kind of move, move towards whatever role uh, that I'm in right now. So uh, at least at that point, uh, or let's say 12 years ago, the internet was not so open. Mm-hmm. Right now it is. All the information you have is in your, uh, is right uh, a click away. So right. <laughs> you should, you should access it. You should access it. You should utilize it. But I think, uh, what could, so how do you show someone your interest or how do you say that mm. you are good at it or you show your interest that is basis your efforts in building that portfolio, right? Or sure. you, you yeah. cannot simply uh, or you expect someone to just call you and say, Hey, I am interested in UI UX. Now, uh, when do we get started? Right? So you have to, you have to build that. You have to understand that domain, uh, Mm -hmm. critique a lot of apps that you're looking at. Uh, why are you creating in such a way in terms of the experience? What makes you think that way? Try and analyze all of these. And then I'm not getting into the process or because there's a lot of curriculum, yeah. on the internet on the internet as well right? right so but but the whole point is understanding these and execute take an idea right. execute sit down and then in your own way uh, build that app or build that dashboard and then get someone to review it i could do it i mm. would very happily do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah just just hit me on insta and i'll i'll do it but my whole point is you have to execute. You cannot sit, let me get uh, uh, some idea and then I am not good at it. Don't self-doubt. Okay. Go ahead. Right. You yeah. have an idea. You have looked at all of the curriculum. Enough reading. <laughs> Go ahead. Implement <laughs> all of that you've read and then execute. End of it. Get it reviewed. Repeat the cycle. That's what we do with apps. Mm-hmm. That's what we do with products as well. We ask right. our, we understand insights. We look at our users. We uh, define a product. We design the product. We test it with the users, and then we do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are yes, you are your own you are your own project mini project before <laughs> you get into the bigger projects. That, That's very that well I would say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I would say uh, is the way to do it, definitely. And then, end of it, you will have a great portfolio. If if not, it will definitely show the enthusiasm that you have. And that is a trait that uh, shows uh, in your portfolio as well, in your work. Yeah. And people who are actually, you know, uh, you know, looking at these portfolios are, uh, you know, they know they've looked at a lot of other portfolios and they will see that difference yeah. with respect to your no, efforts and the uh, different way you're able to perform the same uh, idea mm-hmm. or you know delivering the same idea in a different way so for that right. you'll have to right. understand the domain really really well right and uh, do you feel that instagram is one of the mediums where you can you know showcase your work and uh, uh, you know have right. have visibility over your work do you do you feel that uh, or I is think, it just a fad? <laughs> because I see many uh, designers, you know, showcasing their work on Instagram and I don't know what's the actual objective correct. because even my page <laughs> is based on that. So I can't say anything. <laughs> no, that's it. The thing is, um, I would say go ahead and do it if you like, but also diversify into uh, Behance, 
dribble right. and uh, other places where there is actual uh, where your peers are also kind of showcasing their work now the thing with instagram is mm-hmm. i have to be honest i've tried to but the thing with instagram is you want to you you're in a zone where you want to have more followers you, ah, that's <laughs> uh, true. don't do, don't get into that cycle i mean if you ah. want to showcase your work showcase your work but the but yeah. the thing is instagram is not all designers and the uh, if you're a logo designer and if you are mm-hmm. a graphic designer it's a great place to showcase but um, to showcase your ux journey mm-hmm. on a carousel even in a carousel in insta is quite difficult as what i feel it's very difficult <laughs> yeah <laughs> you would know <laughs> so right. yeah so you utilize behance utilize medium utilize dribble uh, where you know mm-hmm. a lot of other designers are also there and that is That's a space right. that you need to compete in now when you are in insta you are you are competing for something else and you know that metric <laughs> that's 100% true i mean i actually wanted to tell this to my audiences that uh, it's good to have you know a portfolio of yours on instagram but then what's your audience right i mean uh, uh, the people actually looking for are not looking on instagram it's more on dribble more on other you know more focused and more um, expertized uh, uh, platforms yeah. so yeah i mean you have 100% correct. said it correct yeah i think i think instagram could be one of the channels and not the mm-hmm. only channel that's that so maybe to drive traffic to dribble yeah maybe From, it should be one yeah. of the channels not the mm-hmm. only channel is what i'm only trying to channel. say that's that's correct okay so a very personal question to you is uh, what's your dream project as a ux designer okay uh I think dream project is okay. I think within the OS realm, I would say something like mm-hmm. if you've seen the movie Her, or Her. Uh, mm, yeah, right. Her, or, or okay. any other this futuristic OS is like uh, the interface is very transparent, or you have zero UI where oh. uh, it it is based off of NLP where it really understands you. Uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of uh, a very minimal phone <laughs> where it kind of really <laughs> understands you and that's, and that's, the ba- yeah. the bare necessity of it uh, phone mm. goes back to a point where it is truly intelligent but it mm-hmm. is also barely minimal it's just a communication device but it is very intelligent so uh, yeah you have to go watch couple of these movies to kind of understand where i'm arriving at Okay, I'm actually adding to my watch list right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, so on that note, what's that one change or one feature you you would you know like to get on Android or any operating system? Hmm. Um. I think one of the issues that with the proliferation of information right one of the things mm-hmm. that can be done on android is yes they are uh, android and ios for that matter are showing uh, what is being utilized for example microphone is utilized or a camera is utilized mm-hmm. right yeah but uh, a lot of calls that i have on a daily basis right so usually that's that's how the process also evolves right you have a problem then you check Uh, within with, with users you check uh, the demographics and where the problem yes. is really and then the impact and scale of this problem and what i've seen is on a daily basis i have three or four personal calls and the rest is just do you want to buy some real estate <laughs> do you want to buy some <laughs> right? all of this a lot of spam yeah do you want right. to get some credit cards and mm. there's no control over what information is being relate in a physical world but that should not map back to you this is something from an os level for example a start could be uh, mm-hmm. uh, what true color does but at a yeah. os level what could be done right wow that's that will that, be that's something that needs to be understood i don't need i don't need 20 calls and that too in the middle of meetings or sessions mm. or driving no matter what car mode you have whatever mode you have <laughs> you have calls coming in which are utterly unimportant i know try has a certain certain set of rules where you can report 
and i've yes. done that a lot in the past and even i have uh, done that but it hasn't helped yeah. yet <laughs> so they just keep changing regulations a lot of that needs to come down uh with the os level as well because the os is game changing it can uh, introduce regulations that uh, you know governments would take ages to implement hmm right coming to our final section a message you would like to share with our audience all the budding designers <laughs> i think uh, in your earlier question i kind of have answered that go I actually go, <laughs> go please execute <laughs> uh, see see the information there's an information overload uh, right there right yeah and uh, uh, and you're overloaded with a lot, lot of uh, biases a lot of media that you consume is already reaching you after a lot of bias you have to execute get a second or a third person to kind of review it together with you that's how you support each other and kind of grow so go ahead read the first article close it execute and then repeat the cycle or else you're in a rabbit hole uh, where you're going to say hey the first article said this so i am not going to implement uh, this particular ui pattern uh but the third article said this so i'm not going to have this visual language uh so you're just going to right. uh, yourself yeah when I mean, i've been the victim of that so <laughs> i can totally relate i mean so that's yeah, that's what's going to happen yeah that's what's going to happen and uh, uh when it comes to design whenever i've seen <laughs> i've seen a lot of uh you know wedding designers is what you're calling them a lot of these <laughs> enthusiasts is basically that when they, whenever they look at a problem they quickly jump mm-hmm. on to de, on to design don't do that uh, okay. look at the problem look so so that's the problem whenever you ask me any questions i kind of try and answer at a holistic level but you might right. want me to a- answer at a narrowed down level so you will see me always trying to get to the bigger picture and then to the smaller mm-hmm. picture i want everyone else also to do that look at what why is this problem here right now look at that document it or don't document it write it somewhere use pen mm-hmm. paper pencil uh, understand each why and how and then mood board it look at uh, the other patterns around you look at everything else then form frameworks i mean focus on a lot of research before you actually jump into design right oh, you 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 true. see you yeah. see a problem and then you directly jump on to design you are already restricting yourself to a certain style of design now your mind has mm-hmm. made up this is it this is the right thing because i have come up with it <laughs> scrap it scrap it Re- research everything that you have around then follow the process then get to the actual designs please do that right i mean design and data should go in hand i feel perfect perfect because yeah. or else or else uh i feel it's just a biased design from your perspective correct and and data data is not just information and insights uh, hmm. with respect to what uh, you know numbers are or what how right. many users are using this it is not just that it's not just metrics it is also data is also the different set of designs out there what is the current trend what is my hmm. persona and what does my persona interact with what are they looking at on a daily basis and right. what is that I mean, ui research research that part can get that ui on to you for example if someone's working um, in a factory and then the kind of interfaces mm-hmm. that they are looking are very very different and mm-hmm. someone who is at school someone who is at school right and let's yeah. say they are a kinder kinder they're in kindergarten the kind of interfaces that they are looking at are very different don't right. just go and <laughs> understand what they are <laughs> interfacing with and then kind of jump into it okay but ujwal it's you know it's really difficult when you are uh, involved in the process so much that you i don't know how do you get out and have a fresh perspective because you know it's very hard if you are a designer and if you are involved in a project for like about 5 to 6 months and you want to give that user perspective it's really hard what's your uh, you know uh, mechanism for this so uh, th- that's where it the initial stages are that's why very important you understand who you are designing for you mm-hmm. set some core principles that you want to follow for this particular persona or this particular product or this particular feature right and then that will actually guide you through where you're getting it and that's why 
you know for example uh, mid cycle mm-hmm. uh, or towards the end of it or the second iteration you can make visual changes but the product shouldn't be catering to a different uh, set of users altogether right, right? so for yeah. example if i am targeting uh, the next generation of uh, users i am going to make all my decisions the experience all that for them now mm-hmm. ui could be a little different from in the second iteration i can improve that so that's what you're looking at with android 12 11 and all of that also right you are android's users but then you will see that ui overhauls kind of happen uh, any year they have their own cycles that they get updated with but the targeted yeah. users and the princ- underlying principle kind of remains the same the targeted users sh- you should understand who you are designing for exactly the same point that you were trying to uh, you know communicate with your uh, followers as well uh, mm-hmm. siddhant was understand your niche why do yeah. you need to be on instagram or why do you need to be on a social space to kind of uh, what what is your goal right so you need you need to understand that goal then kind of drive that towards those users and five months down the line doesn't matter i mean you could pivot at times but the core philosophy should kind of remain if the core baseline should remain the same 100% that's that's the way yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. so ujwal this has been really amazing thank you so much for coming here and i'm i'm very much sure that this will be a value bomb for all our listeners thank you so much ujwal uh, for coming here you too kind i hope it is <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it will be all right all right thank you thank you sidant thank you so much for tuning in if you have liked today's episode do comment your feedback and rate us on apple podcast don't forget to subscribe sculpted the design podcast on epilog website or wherever you get your podcasts from so that you get notified about our upcoming episodes also check out our instagram handle sculpted podcast I shall catch up with you on our next episode until then take care and keep designing